Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, a podcast hosted by me, Mark Decado, and sponsored by no one and nothing. Consequently, having very low production value, but fortunately, very high guest value in some of the best and brightest of the comedy circuit, telling me what comedy means to them. My guest this episode is a Brighton-based actor and comedian described by Chortle as a wild force of nature performer. She has an enviable joie de vivre, which has helped to secure her place on my ones-to-watch list. In a good comedy way, not in a pervy or terrorist way. It's comedian Kate McGann. Hello. Hello there. <laughs> How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How have you been? Yeah, good. So I'm just going to dive straight into it then. Yes, you happy? Yeah, happy. Let me ask you, first of all, how did comedy come into your life before you saw it as a career? What was your earliest memories of comedy? Um, well, I've always had like comedy in my life. I, I've always been a massive fan of comedy. And uh, like I, when I was three, I said to my mum, I, I declared, if anything, uh, <laughs> <laughs> want to become an actress or marry David Bowie. Yes. Which I think is a fair, like, you know, career career choice. Yeah, seems fair. So I've always been on the stage, constantly. Like, I've always been acting. I've always been fanning about on the stage. Um, and I just remember watching, like, French and Saunders at Christmas and and just falling about laughing <laughs> and, and how much I enjoyed watching, you know, Absolutely Fabulous yeah. and... And just comedy shows, that that was my thing growing up. I loved it. So when did you realise that it was something that you wanted to be a part of? Well, um, <laughs> the way it came about, me doing stand-up, was quite weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I, I, I've been, yeah, you know, acting and I, I went to, I did an acting degree. Um, and then my friend Gary uh, had signed up to do a group on like weekend <laughs> stand up comedy thing about eight or nine years ago and was like uh yeah let, uh, like he wanted to do it for I don't know I guess he wanted to show off as well but he's always been in performing and he wanted to like get a bit more confident so he signed mm. up to do this group on yeah um with his twin brother Alan so they're my best friends and they um Alan couldn't do it so um I said yeah I'll come along like I do like a stand-up really scared me the thought of doing stand-up and being yourself yeah and how scary that was like I just thought I can't I can't do that because like so I've got so many friends that are actors and they're like how do you do it like it's just so <laughs> scary but I actually now weirdly find acting more scary than stand-up because you know, you have to remember all your lines and you have to make sure you're standing at this point and, and holding this prop at this particular time. So I feel like there's a lot more. To, oh, yeah. And pretend to be someone else. So <laughs> there's a lot more going on. Whereas with stand up, I'm just like, oh, hi, I'm a bit of a dickhead. Um, <laughs> so I did this like two day comedy course mm. with a guy whose name has escaped me. <laughs> it was quite Tim Dinkle. Tim Dinkle. Yeah. That might be wrong, but it was it was really fun. And uh we we did um at the end of it, you mm. did like a, a a sort of five minute, mine was probably about three. Um, you did like a set uh, at the um oh god, what's it called? It's in Liverpool Street, Dirty Dicks in Liverpool Street. Okay. <laughs> this was years ago. So I ended, I did about maybe like four gigs but before that Mm. I was um I was a burlesque MC so I was comparing I used to do burlesque I used to be in the cabaret scene so so I decided to put on a comedy night um at the pub that I worked at because they were like oh you do that sort of fannying around on the on the stage um (laughs) so I met loads of comedians but I wasn't actually doing it I probably only did about three or four gigs because right. I, I still found it quite terrifying um yeah. so I actually took a, a big break I took about a four-year hiatus maybe longer because right. I just got scared well yeah. actually I'll tell you what it is I <laughs> dated someone who um 
basically, I, I was really excited. I'd done one gig at the, um, the Blackout, like up the creek. Yeah. And obviously, like now it's kind of like, it's really zhuzhed up and it's a really cool club. And I went to see Dave Chappelle there and it was amazing. And it's just like very different to how it was about 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was a little bit more um, rough around the edges, shall we say. Mm. <laughs> um, so I did like a, a, well, a, one of their blackout competitions. Yeah. And, and I did, you know, I was on for five minutes and I didn't really know very much about gong shows or stand up or yeah. what that entailed. So um, I filmed it and then I put it on YouTube and it was like my first stat, like proper set. Yeah. And I was dating somebody um, and he I sent him this set and I was like really proud that this like potentially this is the, a new hobby for me. Mm-hmm. And he um, said, "I can't believe you've sent that to me. I can't. I like it's disgusting because all I talk about, as as you've seen my material, <laughs> it's very cock heavy, <laughs> and it's, it's quite rude. Um, and he was genuinely insulted about it. Wow. And uh, I was like, yeah, but I wrote that before I met you. Like I didn't know who you were." And it's it's always embellished, and obviously it's not you know factually all correct. It, it is a sort of you know just up a bit. Like I'm not a total slag, um, <laughs> but he he made me feel so insecure and bad about it. Oh wow! And that I literally sort of threw my toys out the pram, and I was like, well, I love him, and 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 that therefore I've got to get rid of this and. And so I deleted it off YouTube. Oh. I mean, it's probably a really shoddy video because <laughs> it's from 10 years ago. But um, yeah, I just kind of went, well, no, because I, I love you. And and that's how, uh, you know, that, that's how what relationships are like. They're about sacrifice and I won't do that anymore. And so I stopped performing. Mm-hmm. I, I stopped doing stand up. Stop performing. Um, weirdly, we broke up. Um, I don't know why. Uh, inevitably, um, and then I moved to Australia. So um, to get away, <laughs> like literally the furthest point away in the world. Um, and then I sort of saw loads of stand up, and I just I loved it. And and that's how. And then I did a play when I came moved back home back mm-hmm. to Brighton. Yeah. And um, there's someone who was in. I was in the play with Sarah. She uh, said, you're really funny. You should do stand-up comedy. So I started properly, like, again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what sort of when I take it from yeah. is, is that that moment. Um, to 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, I, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned there um, the blackout. Mm. Would you care to explain what that is, what that means? So the blackout, oh, well, this is, I mean, they might have changed it, but this is what it was when I was, uh, when when I sort of did my uh, first couple of gigs in mm. stand-up. Um, so you get two minutes of doing, five minutes altogether, you get two minutes of material, and then you, um, you try and beat the blackout. So you try and get to five minutes. Um, and the point point is you just, it just, the light just came off at five minutes. Mm. So that's what I remember, but I know that now it might be sort of audience led or that if it's, it's like a gong show. So Mm. basically like I've done, Oh God, what was it? The frog and bucket Mm -hmm. gong show. Yeah. And basically they gave three people in the audience, uh, a red card and then they hold it up. And if they don't like you, they don't like you and you have to get off stage after three have gone up um but I I beat the frog luckily (laughs) I got to five minutes but it's so weird I get so tense like I I I would quite happily do 20 minute sets Mm. and and feel fine yeah but doing a five minute gong show is the most terrifying experience ever yeah and sadly some clubs that's the only way Well, I mean, I hope there's different ways, but that's sort of the only way in. Mm. You have to go through this sort of baptism of fire to get in. But yeah, I I find them really scary. I did do King Gong as well, which is at the comedy store. And I think I did like two and a half minutes (laughs) of like, my name is Kate. (laughs) But oh God, it was it was horrible. 
It was really horrible. Um, they it was like gladiatorial. <laughs> it was so scary. Like uh, I mean, I, yeah, I did two minutes, but all my jokes are quite long. Right. I don't really have like short, snappy jokes. They're they're sort of more stories. Yeah. Um. So obviously it's 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 easier to do like longer sets. Yeah. And that night at King Gong, um, Laura Lex was the MC. Mm-hmm. And I've since gigged with her. And she said that night, I remember it, it was just awful. Like everyone was, one guy didn't even get to the microphone. Oh, geez. It was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. He was like, I think he was like a guitar, like a singer, oh, comedy okay. yeah. singer. And he didn't even get to the microphone. <laughs> he was like, <gasps> and they went, dung, 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 like a gong off, like three cards went up so quickly. I was like, oh my God. And he was like, oh, well, back on the train. Oh, geez. Yeah. Tough crowd. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrendous. So any fledgling stand-up comedians, I mean, some people love doing them. Some people yeah. thrive on them, that they're, they're, um, sort of adrenaline but i oh i can't yeah ever again but only if they've got short snappy jokes yeah so basically you have to get your first laugh in yeah in the first 10 seconds yeah so you have to get your first joke out and then so i was trying to think of like a shorter joke like short and and you know you have to i've i've got a good five minutes set but where you sort of take off all the the chat in between and you just get it a bit more punchy, but I just don't want to put myself through that again. <laughs> it's so horrible. Yeah, it's so it's hard work. The one the one in Manchester is nice though. Yeah, it's it's it like I I love the Frog and Bucket. It's great. It's such a cool venue. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I might do that one again if I'm brave. <laughs> so maybe not gone shows, but you are familiar with competitions aren't you because as we know yes. 2019 finalist in so think you're funny mm. and then 2021 runner-up for south coast comedian of the year that's me yeah because um i did um so you think you're funny and it's so i i basically got in under the i'd been doing i've done less than 20 gigs yeah but technically obviously because i'd done a few gigs sort of eight years previously, some people that sort of knew me from before times right. were like, well, you've been com- doing comedy for years, but they didn't realise that I'd had like a five-year hiatus. Yeah. And I'd only done three gigs. Hmm. And I, I sort of, when I first started, I was emceeing, but I was definitely wasn't doing material. It was definitely sort of garbling drunkenly as well because I, I sort of felt like I needed Dutch courage which was the worst <laughs> thing to do drinking and comedy for me in particular is not a good thing because I didn't know what I was doing um so so they sort of remembered me from before and went you've been doing it for years how did you get in so I told um it, Julia who who runs so you think you're funny yeah. and said well technically it's I've been over two years but I've only done like 18 gigs. Hmm. And she said, yeah, that's fine. So, um, <laughs> so, so obviously you have to be like under 20 gigs or doing it for less than two years to get in. Right. Um, so I applied and I did my first heat in Angel Comedy mm-hmm. Club, which was amazing. Um, such a nice venue. Um and then I got, I was the only woman on the bill, which yeah. obviously, luckily, I, I'm really pleased to say that that doesn't happen a huge amount for me. Like I'm, there's always a few women on this, on the bill, which is great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 15 of us, 14 was very cock heavy. Um, <laughs> so, and then I got through, even though there was so many amazing, I remember Jack Bell, he's an amazing stand-up comedian. Um, there was some really, really good performers on the same bill. Um, mm. I think Michael May as well, who's smashing it at the moment. Mm. He was he was on, I don't know if he was on the same competition as me, but we did a gig together at Angel Comedy, but mm. he's brilliant. Just to say, he's brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
but yes, yeah, so I did that, and then I got through to the semi-finals. Won that. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie George got through on a wild card, yeah. and she is amazing. Um, and then I got through to the final. Got down to the last eight. Yeah. And which is good, really good. So that the winners, uh, so Charlie George was a runner-up. Um, Sean, uh, Shane Byrne was second, and then Finley Christie won. Right. And Finley's doing very well. Yeah, yeah. Well, they all are. They all are. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, it's a steam company to be in. Absolutely, yeah. But there were some amazing people in the final, and Zoe Lyons um, emceed it, and she's fantastic she's one of my favorite comedians yeah do you um do you still watch live comedy or do you kind of analyze it or can you take it at face value can you still enjoy it yeah i love it i love watching comedy um i think you you sort of have to be a fan of it i i think you know it's it's such an enjoyable form and like i think i might not enjoy it if um if I know the person is a bit of a wanker. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, they're smashing this. And I hate them. No. Um, I think I think the enjoyment might be scuffered a bit if if like uh, I know that they're not a particularly nice person. But hopefully, I mean, I'm really blessed in the sense that all the people, all my comedian friends that I hang out with mm. um, and that I gigged with yeah. are so lovely everyone's just so nice to each other it's such and I, I just love going to see um comedy gigs like my partner's a comedian and I go see him and yeah I love watching him on stage and and he's he's seen me loads of times as well we always think you know does our set get I bet you get a bit bored with watching it because <laughs> but you know he's um he's doing like a, a full Edinburgh run yeah and so I'm going to be like there helping do tech support, whatever that means. I'll be at the back. <laughs> Flyering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably tech support. <laughs> I'll just turn the lights on. Yeah, that's um, it. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be there every night. So I think by the end of a month, I'll be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I could probably do his entire show. <laughs> do you find yourself sort of analysing or criticising when you see it and you go, oh, you did that? differently last time or you forgot to say this does that come yeah we do we do it with each other like we'll but um we're we're both really um we're both really self-critical right um we'll come off stage and we'll really analyze ourselves so we'll be like uh, I mean I I tend to record most of my sets Mm -hmm. and I'll listen back yeah um, which is super helpful just because it means that I can hear where the, the good bits are and the bits that are like crap and need scrapping. Yeah. Because you don't sort of remember at the time. Um, I mean, you know, when people come off stage and go, oh, yeah, smash that. And you're like, <laughs> okay. Um, you know, or vice versa. Or they someone will come off stage and go, oh, that was, oh, I did a really shit job. And then you're actually like, no, you didn't. You you can hear the laughter you absolutely smash yeah so it you know it is kind of good it is a good thing to be self-critical um but also not <laughs> sometimes it, we can be a bit too hard on ourselves yeah um but yeah I do always come off stage and think oh that needs to be tightened up that needs that's too long mm. that bit needs to come out that needs you know yeah it's just and and either just write it down or I record it and then I listen back later. Yeah. So you're sort of always adapting your set. Because I'll come up with, well, both Rich and I will come up with, um, you know, ad-lib stuff yeah. at the time. And I'll try and, if I'm watching him, I'll try and just write it down in my notes. Right. Because it will be an, an add-on or a topper or something that he's not said before. And it'd be really funny. Yeah. So you have to keep yeah. that in. It's so, good. and he won't remember because he'll be like, oh, I don't know. Was I? Was I, was I? So you just, he'll just come off stage and and not remember what he was yeah. talking about because it's all a blur. But I'll like if I'm watching and there's something that comes out, I'll go, oh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, try and remember. We're just trying to help each other. <laughs> yeah, right, right.
as you with your background as an actor, um, how much of your on stage persona reflects your off stage persona, or you do you feel like you I'm now I'm now Kate the character rather than Kate the person? How much does that differ for you, if at all? Oh, I mean, like when I'm doing stand up, mm. it's sort of pretty much me. Yeah. I mean, I'm not always like on all the time, <laughs> but. And like that would be really annoying. Um, so obviously you like dial it up to eleven. Um, but you know, obviously I'm I've got stagecraft. Yeah, I've got stage presence because I went to drama school and stuff. I know how to like present myself and hold myself, and hmm. I will be a bit more open and and a bit more. Um, you know, I do this thing. It's really weird. Um, <laughs> so basically. <laughs> Um, right before I go on stage, yeah. I do like I try and like open myself out as big as possible and um, just make like a, it's called angel pose in, in yoga. OK, so I just try and make myself as big as possible. So you're sort of your back's like straight and you're, you're open and mm. I just feel like more myself and more engaging when I'm sort of more open. OK, Um rather than sort of, I mean obviously there, it depends on what style of comedy you are mm. because obviously you've got some comedians that are you know deadpan and yeah or quieter and 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 being big wouldn't sort of suit it suit them they're, they're sort of quite you know more into yeah so I, I definitely think about my my physicality on stage okay um but like yeah I do I do sort of calm down <laughs> like when I when once the makeup is off and once the hair goes up in a in a messy bun or a mistrunchable <laughs> bun and yeah I'm watching telly I'm very I'm quite I'm actually really quiet at home right it's I'm very boring <laughs> <laughs> but I think you have to because you're you know you're in an, an environment where you're constantly socializing yeah you know, you're surrounded by people that are out and having fun and drinking. Um, so when you do come home, it is like you, you are kind of chilling, like an opposite and, yeah, you know, nice to calm down a bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like hi- hyperactive yeah. after doing a gig. Um, you talked a few minutes ago about, um, to use your phrase, some of the gigs being cock heavy. Yes, um, yes. Hashtag cock heavy. Yeah. <laughs> How have you found attitudes generally within the industry toward, uh, let's say, diversity for genders, ethnicity, etc.? Yeah, I mean, it's. I still, you know, I, I I find it baffling that people, women, weirdly, will come up to you and say, "I don't normally find women funny, but you were really good." And you're like, mm. "Do you know?" Um, so there is still very much a women aren't funny stigma. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, if you have like a night where it's not billed as a female-led night, like it's not funny women or mm. um, there's, a, there's a gig in, in Brighton called Funny Girls, which is brilliant. Um, so it's not actually billed as that. It, yeah. It's just a, a night and they might have like an, a male MC, an all-female lineup, mm. and um, people will sort of there's still that moment of like oh different okay oh right oh is that is that the sort of night that we're going to yeah you know and and sometimes you get like you know big met burly men being like go on then make me laugh <laughs> I mean obviously they're hysterical by the end of the night but I feel like they do that you know that that bravado thing yeah you know you, you once even if it doesn't matter what gender or um, race or disability or anything. Yeah. If you've got men like that, sometimes <laughs> who are like gunning, like aggressive lads, yeah. Um, they will have that attitude to anyone. Like so, you know, you just you will get people like that in an audience. Yeah. Do you think that men in an audience are more ready to heckle or try and be engaged? I feel that. Um, you know, in an audience, they, it depends on, you know, Friday and Saturday night. Right. Yeah. They're out with, with a big gang of them and they're try, there's always one and he's trying to be really funny in front of his mates. Yeah. 
And he's really funny down the pub. And, you know, it's not that hard. You're, and, and it's like this age old thing of like comedians saying on stage, I don't come to your job and shout at you. Yeah. Like I don't come to your office or building site or whatever the job they do and stand there and shout at you. (laughs) Like, So shut up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But hopefully, I mean, I definitely feel that in the industry, especially um, there is a shift. There is very much um, an acknowledgement now of, of it. I mean, I'm really lucky that I live in Brighton Mm -hmm. and it is, is, you know, we, we do have these amazing comedy clubs. We've got the Comedia, the Forge. um, And we, you know, there is really diverse lineups and that's great. And and it's so nice to see, obviously it's not everywhere up and down the country. Yeah. um, But I'm, I, I feel like there's, there's a real kind of acknowledgement of like, yeah, we do have to, have a really nice range of different acts, mm. not just the straight white men. Yeah. <laughs> like, not that there's anything wrong with straight white men. I love them. I'm I'm in love with one. But, <laughs> um, but obviously there there is there there is change, and it's nice. I think it's it's you know there is an acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, and like when I find I find it weird now when I see a lineup and you know whether it's in like Portsmouth mm-hmm. I'm just saying I live in Brighton so <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> uh, off the top of my head Portsmouth maybe or Eastbourne or somewhere like that and I look at the lineup and it's just um w- white men yeah. and I think it was there no women available was there no pe- people of color was there no like yeah you know any anyone neurodivergent like any anyone available yeah at all i mean it's 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 just it'd be nice to see some more balanced bills yeah you know for stretched further out than you know the main cities yeah that's what would be nice okay super call me crazy (laughs) (laughs) um okay so 2017 return to comedy then you've got competition finalists and then lockdown comes and everything shuts down yeah so 2019 i did so you think you're funny um and then um it like being a finalist and stuff and you know you you start to get momentum i had gigs booked at the comedia which was i was so excited about because i grew up in brighton and the comedia was like the place you went yeah like that's where you went to to watch comedy mm-hmm. um and you know Stephen Grant running the Crater Comedy Club like that I remember going and just being like this is just so much fun um funnily enough I went to sixth form college with Sean Walsh <laughs> so now I, I mean you never hear from him you don't know what he's up to now but he dabbles <laughs> in stand-up comedy uh, <laughs> yeah a little, little bit yeah yeah just a little bit, just a little bit. So, um, yeah, I was kind of getting booked for bigger gigs, and and I was, I, I was literally remember thinking, twenty twenty is going to be my year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I was so excited to go into twenty twenty. I had a really cool job at the time. I was working for Comic Con, mm-hmm. so comedy for me was always going to be a hobby because I loved my job. I absolutely loved my job. Yeah, um, you're the one. <laughs> yeah, that was me. That was one person in the world. I worked with celebrities. Um, I got to to work on these massive, amazing events. Um, but because of the pandemic, obviously, yeah, not, I was made redundant. They're non-existent. Um, so I, I went to Chicago in March. Mm-hmm and for comic-con and i did um a gig there i did like a 10 minute spot somewhere in a, in a comedy club and i was just like i'm an international comedian <laughs> um, and literally i was thinking yeah 2020 is, is the year that i really like level up yeah and then obviously it all went to shit <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> it all went to shit and um i uh I was made redundant from my job in September mm-hmm. and um, I just, I didn't do any 
gigs at all during the pandemic. No. I didn't like nothing. Nothing happened. I, I did like one online thing and I hated it so much. Oh wow, okay. I just I it was like a it was right at the beginning and everyone was kind of doing Zoom quizzes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like really into it like yeah this will be fun like we're just so crazy we're in our houses and we have to stay here um and I I did this thing on Twitch I can't even remember what night it was but I did not enjoy it oh wow okay. um so yeah I did that and I, I I just thought it's I'll just have a break so I yeah completely didn't do any any comedy at all um and then I did um, like the following summer, like 20, oh, was it, did we do one in 2020? I can't remember. It might've been a year later, but yeah, we, I did a gig outside when everyone was like, oh, we could do when the pubs opened. Yeah. I can't remember which lockdown it was in between. It's all <laughs> such a blur. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think? For sure, like, yeah. You know, when everyone's like, what year are we in now? So first <laughs> I don't, re- I don't remember, yeah. but basically I did a really cool gig um, and it was with a, a Brighton com- a comedy, they called the Comedy Cult and it was outside and it was just a really cool lineup and everyone was just like, yay, we're, we're comedy's back. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was 2020. Yeah. yeah. And then I did another, I did like a couple of outdoor ones in between the lockdowns. Um, and then obviously at Christmas we all went back in, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was so I probably did about two gigs, three wow. maximum. Yeah. Wow. And then it, it sort of picked up again. Yeah. Luckily. Luckily. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I've been going over the shows that I've been to over the last couple of years. I was looking down the, the list of dates. I'm going, I can't, I can't have gone then. That can't be right. Wasn't there a lockdown on? Yeah. Or was there? I can't, I can't be right. It's very confusing. Yeah. Maisie Adam does this really funny joke where she's like, you know, it's like between the lockdowns, you know, the one where you could go out, but you have to have a scotch egg. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you, couldn't, you could have a drink, but you can't, you could go for a walk, but you couldn't do it. It was like, oh my yeah. God. And you remember that the, the rules that we were like, you have to, you can go out, you can go into a pub, but you've got to eat, but you can't eat. You can't. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can go out. You, it's like you can't go in the pub, but you can look through the window. Or, yeah, or you can go yeah. in as long as you keep moving. You know, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Open a window. <laughs> um, so you mentioned doing a show in Chicago. Yeah. So how was that? How is American reception of your comedy compared to a British audience? Uh, well, I felt like I had to sort of slow down a wee bit because I, I speak quite fast. <laughs> and then I had to, I do references. I realised like going through my set, it was only like my 10 minute set, but... Going through it, I was like, God, I, I I, have a lot of British references that I don't sort of think about. Yeah. Um, so, like, one one of them was Pot Noodle. Yeah. Um, where I was talking about. And then I, I, was, I asked my American friend, I said, like, do you have a Pot Noodle here? And she said, no, no, we have a cup of noodle. So I sort of had to change it a bit. And then a few, a few references I had to sort of swap out yeah. to make them a bit more Americanized. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it went well. <laughs> Somebody at the end was like, oh my God, she's dirty. <laughs> I was like, I am. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. <laughs> so you've mentioned some comedians there that you've you've worked with. Who are the people that sort of really stood out to you who were uh, inspirational either in the, the style or, or just one joke that just laid you flat and you thought yeah this, this is my hero or she's my hero oh god there's so many um I mean I, I, I my sort of favorite comedians changes constantly sure. like who who I like and who who I admired growing up like it just changes but at the moment like I, I love Ashleen B I think she is absolutely flawless um I I absolutely love her so much Mm -hmm. um obviously I have to say Sean Walsh because (laughs) I went to college (laughs) with um I just really like his style of of moaning yeah I'm quite sort of upbeat and that stuff but yeah quite like my mind's a bit blue I've been trying to clean up my material (laughs) 
And I was watching um, Sean's show and I was like, oh yeah, maybe I need to make my material a bit less um, <laughs> sexual. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I love, um, oh God, uh, Roisin Conaty. Yeah. She's fantastic. Maisie Adam, I've gigged with her so many times. Yeah. She absolutely floors me. Like she, yeah. some of her jokes, I'm like, I, beside myself. Um, but I saw um, there's a comedian called Damien Clark, mm-hmm. um, an Aussie comedian. Yeah. Damien Clark. Uh, I met him in, in Edinburgh in 2019, and we've been mates ever since. And he is one of the funniest people that I've ever met. He's so funny. <laughs> It makes my in like by the end of his hour show, your yeah. insides hurt. Um, <laughs> and then, um, of course, I have to say, Rich Wilson, he's quite funny. Um, yeah, he's all right. Yeah. He's all right. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I love Kiri Pritchard McLean. Mm-hmm. She's she's brilliant. Um, I listened to her podcast with Rachel Fairburn. Yeah. And it just, it's really, I haven't listened in ages, but yeah, it's all killer, no filler. Mm-hmm. So it's about serial killers. Yeah. Um, but with a funny twist. Uh, oh, that's, a, <laughs> I was, that's a good idea for a podcast. You know, a crime podcast, but maybe, oh yeah, that's my podcast. I do that as well. So. <laughs> what do you do? Oh, God, sorry to advertise another one on your podcast. No, I'll crowbar um, a trailer yeah. in just there, I think. That's the point to do it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Hello and welcome to True Crime Diary, a light-hearted podcast on a serious subject. He gets a letter. Oh, yeah. And the letter says, I have stolen the Mona Lisa. Well, it doesn't, does it? <laughs> yeah. Really? If I was doing it, you'd put it under a big hat. I would have turned <laughs> on <and> wearing <laughs> a massive hat. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. And then the pin is pulled, levers dropped, down you go. Does anyone want some toast? <laughs> true Crime Diary. A true crime podcast, more or less. Um, <laughs> and then Rachel Fairburn as well. She's, yeah. she's so, so funny. Um, but there, there's just so many female comics at the moment yeah. who are just brilliant. I'll probably finish this conversation and then be like, oh no, I forgot to mention all these people, but there's so many to mention. There's, yeah. too, there's too many to mention. Um, but they're, yeah, they're definitely people that I'm, I'm enjoying watching, like famous comedians that I'm enjoying watching their sets. And yeah. just they're, they're um, I mean, I love that Ashleen B is um, an actress as well. Yeah. Uh, her TV show This Way Up is, is fantastic. Absolutely. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And she wrote it as well. Um, and that's and Roisin Conaty, I really loved Game Face. Mm-hmm. And I loved her in Afterlife as well. And I was absolutely gutted that she wasn't in the third season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I just think she's an incredible actress yeah. and comedian. Um, and just watching, yeah, watching her mm-hmm. show is is I, I loved it, and I'm, I'm an, I wonder if like there's going to be a second series, and I hope there is, because I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's because I want to do comedy full time and acting as well, because yeah. I am a trained actress, so it seems like a waste to not use my degree for something. <laughs> um. So that the, my idea, I'd love to write something. I'd love to write something and be, be sort of, and Sarah Pascoe's show as well. I watched that, and you know. Yeah. Get, I want to get a telly show. <laughs> You've talked a lot. There's a lot of contemporaries there, so, and you mentioned that it's changed over time. So, who inspired you growing up? Well, I remember watching Billy Colony with Mum and um, yeah. my brother, and just rolling up, like absolutely creasing up. At, I mean, he's an absolute icon. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning, French and Saunders. Yes. Um, I'm watching like Ab Fab and just so silly. Um, I, I, I love the sketches and things. I, um, I, she, it was just silly sense of humour. Yeah. And it used to really make me laugh. Um, 
and then yeah i watched a lot, a lot of eddie izzard as well i really really love eddie izzard yeah um and my brother was massively into jack d so we always had like jack d on and um had his like videos and dvds yeah. and things and I mean, obviously, Jack D is very different to my style. Yeah. Um, but just his his joke writing is just brilliant. Yeah. It's so clever. Um, and I love it how even though he's deadpan, he's not. And like Joe Brand as well, they're not deadpan consistently. Right. It they sort of jump out of it. Yeah. And do that. Oh, I don't know. You know, and he sort of goes into his. <laughs> impersonations of mm. different people because <laughs> i've seen some, some people i mean not not necessarily well-known yeah. comics but you know when people go oh yeah i'm gonna be a deadpan comic which is fine but when it's all the same note it's quite um hard i feel like i mean maybe it's just me maybe other people love that but for me to listen to a whole show or a whole set yeah. that's just on one note yeah. i'd be like by the end yeah I, maybe i just find it really hard to listen to something <laughs> but yeah no i i i loved jack d growing up and like lee evans as well yeah just just the sheer energy yeah he's like a tour de force yeah um you mentioned yeah. uh sketch comedy there from french and saunders so tell me yeah. about um tell me about world's best boss <sighs> Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I did um, a short film. Mm-hmm. Um, it was going to be a, se- a series, but um, because I'm just busy and annoying, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm, I'm only going to be like a bit character that will come in and out. But it's a, it's a short film. It's only 10 minutes long. It's so funny and it's so stupid. Um, and it's about uh, <laughs> um, it's about Jamie Phillips, who is a change maker and he's a, pro- a proper Brighton dickhead um, <laughs> you know the type and he's he's just like yeah I'm, I'm just like an eco warrior and I'm amazing and mm. I can just change the world man just one recycling bin at a time um, <laughs> and he's played by the amazing Lewis Klein who is so naturally very funny he's just such a funny man um, yeah, so we we just improvised a lot of that. Like there was no script. We we just sort of made it up on the spot, <laughs> which is terrifying because I, I I don't really do, you know, improv comedy. I don't yeah. do sketch comedy. Um, I always find it funny when they do when you go and see an improv comedy troupe and they always do like the hands on the hips. Like yeah. they look so pleased with themselves. <laughs> You're like, all right, mate. Yeah. We're all funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like, I recently saw The Noise Next Door. Yeah. Um, and, the, and those guys are so clever. Like, they they do, like, a, loads of musical comedy as well, and, like, improvised. And I just, it always makes me giggle when they do that, that hands on the hips, like... Yeah. <laughs> ready to go, guys. <laughs> like, oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so we did uh, this improvised uh, we filmed loads of stuff yeah. we sort of knew where we wanted it to go and basically jamie phillips is looking for a pa yeah and um unwittingly i apply for this job and i don't really know what it is um and i play daisy wells who has moved from the suburb you know from outer west sussex um to brighton to kind of find herself she was married and uh mm-hmm. or engaged to you know a roofer and she was always <laughs> working admin and that was like her destiny was just staying where she lived yeah where she grew up um I mean it, it's ironic because I live in Brighton <laughs> I grew up in Brighton <laughs> but I have been away and I've come back yeah. so that doesn't count that's what you imagine um, the people who come to Brighton what their backstory must be like surely yeah (laughs) so we just wanted that sort of thing of um you know someone being like living quite a small existence yeah I mean some people are really happy with that some people don't want to rock the boat they don't want to go on stage they don't want to like go outside of their comfort zone they're really happy yeah and that's amazing 
um, I would find it horrendous. I would hate it. Um, but that she was living this really small life and that so she decided to up sticks and break up with Gavin and up sticks and move to Brighton. Yeah. Um, and then she's applied for, for this job and he basically puts her through this horrendous, <laughs> really bad interview where he like makes her do a Katie Price imp impression <laughs> and oh God, it's just like cringe and like puts things on her head and throws a dildo at her and you know it's it's just like the like the worst things that could possibly happen to you and that's what Jamie does um but yeah we we filmed it with it's um my friend Rory Barrett who is clout news and he does these brilliant satirical short films and adverts mm. and uh, William Stone did something with him mm -hmm. and where they had a um, a bench dedicated to Tupac um, in Worthing <laughs> and they had like a little plaque, yeah. a plaque on it so so that was really funny um, <laughs> but yeah try and watch all of them but uh, yeah so I did that and it was nice to do some acting again yeah but acting because I'm used to doing acting for the stage yeah so I'm not used to doing film acting. Right. So Rory taught me so much about just like the intricacy, like because you're doing a close up, mm -hmm. I move my eyes around a lot. And I'm like, obviously when I'm on stage and I'm doing stand up and I'm like, when I naturally talk, I'm like, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> and he's, he was literally like, do less, do less, yeah. Le less, no, <laughs> less. And he's like, don't do that thing with your eye at the end. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I doing? <laughs> and at the time when we filmed it, we filmed it last summer. Mm -hmm. I was in a play in the day. I was doing Midsummer Night's Dream yeah. uh, in the park, which was amazing, uh, with a little theatre company in Brighton. And I played Bottom. Mm -hmm. And so I was going from like, I'm a donkey, rah, rah, rah. Like in, you know, that's, that's Shakespearean. Yeah. It's like it's like he's in the room. It's like yeah, said forsooth yonder. So I was in. I was like rehearsing for that when I was in that. Then I would go to film like the next day or, or later on. I'd film my the the world's best boss, where you're having to like completely switch yeah. like gears and go really really small and then I would do a gig in the evening where I'd have to be like in between and I was like oh my god <laughs> so I didn't know what was going on but but it's amazing when you when you've got a camera on you like you don't realize how much your face moves involuntary like when mm. you say certain things and like I would do like a weird thing with my eyebrow which I had no idea that did <laughs> Like, yeah, do less. Do let your eyebrow move, do less. <laughs> Have you thus far had thus far, a please. moment? Thank you. It's my Shakespearean training coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you had a, a, a moment in time where it, you just realised that this is, no, comedy is definitely for me. This, this moment justifies my commitment to it. Yeah, I think it was the definitely the turning point was doing So You Think You're Funny. Right. A hundred percent. Because the feeling of, of a, I mean, it was great to win the semi-final mm -hmm. uh, and go through to the final. What what an amazing feeling. And um, just, I mean, just every gig that I've smashed, <laughs> And you go out and the audience love you. Yeah. And the, the energy in the room is like palpable. Yeah. And it's just one of those gigs where you're just like, oh, yeah, smash that. So, so, so you think it funny was definitely a turning point. But then the gigs that have really like been like got better and better and better. Yeah. Um, has made me go, this is what I want to do for, for a job. Yeah. I love it. So I was doing like temping, just like, I was really lucky that throughout the whole pandemic, I've just been working. Yeah. And then I got like a temp job. And then last August, I decided to go 
full-time comedy yeah and some people were like during a pandemic really <laughs> like yeah. is that and I went well there's no time like the president and I mean since then I've had to do like a bit of freelance stuff and you know because <laughs> weirdly I'm not like made of money and I have to pay the rent somehow so I've done like a, a bit of you know jo yeah. odd jobs here and there to try and keep afloat but um yeah. yeah like I definitely think that doing a gig where you come off stage and go yes this is what I wanted to do yeah this is this is it you can't beat it it's such a great feeling marvelous now before we wrap up can you tell us how it is we can find out what geese are doing what you're up to how can we find out about you yes yeah, so, um i'm not on twitter <gasps> what dun, dun, dun. no i hate it <laughs> no i hate it Absolutely too hate it. yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't use um, it it's not for me um yeah my partner's like it's not for you kate don't worry about it <laughs> i was like no so i'm on instagram yeah. um and it's kate mcganarang uh, which is from Hook, from Bangarang. Who knew? That's <laughs> one of my favourite films. Um, so I'm on Instagram and I put everything on there. And I've also got a uh, Kate McGann comedian uh, Facebook page. So I try and like update that. But my friend, my lovely friend Saffron, is uh, going to do me a website which is, I think is really exciting <laughs> and so grown up. Uh, but hopefully I'm going to get that uh, sort of... I mean, not that anyone would care. Like, who would care where I was? But I'm doing... Um, I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have a website and then try and update it and put, like, some clips on there mm -hmm. and try and actually take it a bit more seriously. But I'm off to Edinburgh for the month as well. Yeah. I'm going the whole time. But I'm just doing spots yeah. here, there, and everywhere. So if anyone watching has a spot for me, let me know. I'd love it. <laughs> Listening. Listening. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll put links to those uh, social meds in the show notes. Um, yeah. So finally, can you summarise for me what comedy means to you in a nutshell? In a nutshell, comedy means absolute pure joy. There you go. That's my it's it's everything that I've ever wanted out of life. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for coming on today. That's all right, Mark. Thank you for having me. See you soon.